0: The Podcast Show, giving ideas a voice.
1: Hey, welcome to the podcast show. My name is Shida Osman and the podcast show is about the up uh, upcoming and best podcaster in Asia and in internationally as well. So today I have a guest with me all the way from UK. Um, Hi, Tom. How are you doing today?
0: I'm really good. It's very exciting to be on the podcast. Thank you so much.
1: Welcome. So, Tom Allerton is actually the host for Shiny New Objects podcast. Is that right?
0: That's correct.
1: Right. So, um, Tom, can you just run through with the listeners the story behind Shiny New Objects, what it is about, what drives you, and how it started out?
0: Of course. I'd love to. So, A year last January, I set up my own business called Automated Creative. Uh, The ambition of the business was to reinvent advertising using artificial intelligence. But before that, I was an innovation director at a social media agency called We Are Social. And that job means that you have to be a generalist, you have to understand all elements of marketing, every aspect of technology from every company, so you can be a a fountain of knowledge for your clients. So I went from being a generalist at an ad agency to being a specialist in my own very niche business. So what I wanted to do was to not get lost on a rabbit hole of creative artificial intelligence and keep a broader perspective about what was going on in advertising. So I thought, I haven't got time to go to conferences. I can't read blogs all day. But what I could do every week is interview someone who is influential and interesting from the world of advertising about their vision for the future of marketing and advertising. So every week, pretty much, I interview someone who's far cleverer, far more senior, far more experienced than myself about what drives them, but also what their vision for the future of marketing is. So... It's really a tool for me to learn, uh, for me to network and myself exposed to new ideas.
1: Yeah. So you started out in April 2018,
0: right? Uh, Yeah. Yeah. That sounds about right. Yeah. Yeah. feels like longer than that, I'll be (laughs) honest.
1: (laughs) So um, the reason, correct me if I'm wrong, but one of the guests that you have on your show is actually Craig Fenton from uh, Google. He is the director of strategy and operations. Was that right?
0: that is correct yes. how
1: how was the you know how were you feeling when you were interviewing him
0: well it's quite an amusing story because i partner with an event in the uk called Madfest, hmm. which is uh, an event about marketing and advertising so what we do is we send each other guests so if i interview someone interesting i say oh you should also go and speak at this event and and at Madfest also goes. I oh, should speak to Tom, so there's a there's a nice kind of um symbiosis there. And he said you should go and speak to this guy called Craig at Google. So mm. I thought, okay, cool, I'll go Google, whatever. And, and so I was waiting in this room. Uh, Craig's PA put me in there, and so Craig arrived, and I said, Oh, hi, Craig. Really pleased to have you on the podcast. What, yeah. what do you do? And he said, "Oh, I'm I'm essentially the COO of Google." <laughs> and and w- which point I was like, "Okay, wow, right." <laughs> um, but in in despite his seniority, he's a very down to earth, lovely guy. And in fact, the whole experience was so positive for him that he tells me that it inspired him to set up his own podcast. Yay! So, so he now has his own podcast. I think it's called Coffee, Eggs and Inspiration. Uh, I, I believe it's a working title. But the interesting thing about that is he, he records the whole thing, podcast and YouTube, uh, from his uh, pixel three phone, so like obviously Google pixel yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah so he's trying to do the whole thing like all within the uh, google ecosystem uh so yeah it was it was a brilliant experience but I had no idea who he was until literally before I started recording
1: <laughs> <laughs> so um in regards to that how did you since we're talking about guests, how do you source out for your guests? Do you, like, for example, um, create Fenton? Do you like send them emails or do you, you know, have someone who assists you on that or is it automatic?
0: Uh, I have always invested my own time into networking. I, I really enjoy people and meeting them. And that has always been a motivation of mine in this industry. I don't, not a massive fan of being stuck in front of a computer all day. So I've, I've, I've run my own events for years. I run an event called I'll be back, mm. which studies the intersection of creativity ads and AI every month, uh, in, in London. And that gives me the chance to meet lots of people. So I, I think I'd like to think my network is strong enough that I come across people uh, but also the partnership with Madfest and the event is uh, is a really big part of it. So I try not to do any cold calling mm. or reaching out to people. It, I find I get better guests when I get introduced by someone else. So uh, if I if I didn't know anyone in this market, I think it'd be very difficult. But I, I like to think that if you if you do good work and you're a good person and you're respectable and nice to people, then respectable and nice after. people will come your way. Mm
1: yeah okay so right for i understand that shiny new objects is about the latest marketing technology and um to make sense of it for brands and their agencies how do you research for your topics is it
0: i do i do no research whatsoever uh i haven't really got that much time or money to spend on the podcast because i'm running a business at the same time so i have a Google Doc briefing template that I set that has all the questions, that has all the background, yada yada yada. And that gets sent to the guests beforehand. And I said, don't tell me what your shiny new object mm-hmm. is. Just come and tell me what it is. So I don't I do not do any preparation or choose a subject. So that is entirely up to the guest. And I, I don't know if you agree, but I think that interview podcasts, the thing that makes them really good, I'm sad to say, is the guest and not the interviewer. Yeah. Uh, you know, if you've got an amazing guest with an amazing story, you could pretty much say anything and they'd be brilliant. Uh, so I. I tend to trust my instincts about whether the person is a good talker is interesting and has the right experience
1: true, yeah that's actually very true Um, speaking of podcast itself, do you have any, what equipment sorry, what equipments are you using is there anything in particular that you're using like a mic or you know
0: I I have terrible equipment um, and I think think my podcast could sound a lot better Uh, but once Mm. again I think if you've got really good content, then it, you know, the, the audio aspect is important, but nowhere near as important as the actual words that are being said. So I just use a Yeti Blue USB That's microphone, a good which, mic. isn't a, which isn't a great microphone uh, at all. But the interesting thing about that, I feel, psychologically is it makes the guests feel special. <laughs> you know, it's, got, it's quite big, it looks quite old-fashioned, yeah. it looks like a really technically good bit of kit, but as microphones go, it's, it's pretty average.
1: Right. Um. So, speaking of guests, do you have any memorable moments in the podcast? Any episodes in particular? Something that probably, you know, make you... I think Craig Fenton was one of them because I was listening and you were saying that you were slightly a bit nervous because I think he has been interviewed for like a gazillion times, but anyone in particular?
0: Yeah, so I used to record the podcast in my old office in Liverpool Street and they actually have a really nice bar downstairs. What I always would do is meet someone for a beer, sort of get to know them a little bit and then go upstairs and record the podcast. And I, um, I, went, uh, I went downstairs uh, to have a drink and one guest had brought a friend along. Right. Um, and the friend was like really interesting as well. So I just, I said, do, do you, do you want to be on the podcast as well? <laughs> and and so the, and the, the, uh, the, 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 interview was actually with Mark Lewis, who's the, um, the Dean of the School of Communication Arts. And he was, he met this guy he knew called Ben the Buddhist yeah. and Ben is a sort of retired uh, entrepreneur, and, I, and he was just so interesting. I said, "Look, do you want to come on the podcast as well?" So, like f- fifteen minutes after meeting this guy, we were, we were recording a podcast with him, and it was probably the the podcast that stuck with me most of all because Mark's opinion about creativity is that everyone who's creative should have a spreadsheet. Mm. and a spreadsheet is a really important tool when it comes to being creative and I I thought it was just so interesting. So his strategy is you you come up with a creative idea and then whenever you pitch that creative idea to someone else, you have to write down on the spreadsheet the date, the time, what you had for breakfast, where you were when you came up with the idea and how strong the person's reaction was. So you actually decode your creativity mathematically so then you can start to see patterns when were your best received ideas where do they come from what time how what was the response to them and i just i'd never heard anything so ridiculous in my life (laughs) and that will stay with me for a long time
1: that's actually an interesting theory speaking of being creative how do you write like what you're going to say to your guest do you have it on your phone do you use the same method or
0: I always have the same questions. So all of my questions, are completely ripped off Tim Ferriss's uh, Tools of the Titans mm-hmm. book. Obviously he did a podcast as well, but his his questions are basically the same every time. So what I did is I took his 10 questions and then sort of twisted them to be about marketing. And so I give this, the, the guests the same questions every time. Uh, and I say, look, which of these questions do you want me to ask you, and that's it. So for me, because this is my fourth podcast, yeah, all all of been sort of different levels of success. But the thing I really wanted to do with this podcast was get the most value for the least amount of effort. So trying to put in as little time as possible, but get the most value out of it. So I don't, I don't prepare, I don't do individual questions, I don't research, I don't think about what I'm going to say. I just trust my instincts and the, the interviewee's instinct are correct.
1: Right. And you just go with it. How about editing? Do you do a lot of editing or you just put no, it
0: out there? No, I do zero editing. So I'd say to the person in the podcast, i say, look, I'm going to press record and I'm going to stop recording after an hour and it's going to go out like that. And the only I will only stop if you admit to a terrorist activity or an affair. Uh, it's, it's too, mm. Interesting,
1: interesting. Um, so how about... Um, I'm sure you listen to a lot of podcasts as well. Do you?
0: Yes, I do. Yes, I I can't fall asleep unless I'm listening to a podcast. It's quite weird. Do
1: you have any um, favorite podcasts as of now?
0: Uh, Yes, I do. I could talk about this all day, yeah. uh, but I'm sure you haven't got time. I'm a massive true crime fan. I love oh. the genre. Yeah, I think they just rattle off They Walk Among Us, which is a true, ki- true crime podcast about the UK. Then Murder Mile is another k- a UK crime podcast all about the centre of London and everyone has been murdered there. Uh, Ear Hustle, which is part of Radiotopia, which is a podcast made by the... Prisoners at San Quentin. It is incredibly moving, incredibly interesting insight into what it's like to be in prison. The uh, case file is the best true crime podcast. It, uh, so I, I find it quite relaxing to listen to really dark podcasts about death i don't know <laughs> why i know that makes me really really weird no no
1: you're uh, not i'm one of them but, as um, well. like we have but, a team uh, member who uh, loves I, true
0: crime yeah i i can't get enough of it and then there's um canadian true crime i mean a recent one i really like is dark topic uh there's a guy called jack luna who was a he was a twisted individual <laughs> who talks about serial killers and so on wow. but he uh His intro, his his essay that he reads for the podcast is so well-written. He's very much in conflict with himself. And it's a brilliant, brilliant podcast. And I'm so jealous of him. He's such a talent.
1: (laughs) And when you're talking about true crime, the one thing that I'm trying to understand is because I like watching crime stuff as well but only on netflix Like i watch stuff like luther sherlock uh what else those two are my favorites but i'm just yeah. trying to understand whether it's the same as my perspective as well what do you like do you have any definition of why you like true crime podcasts? like is there a reason behind it other than what i can comprehend is it's in the method of uncovering like serial killers and tapping into the darker minds of the human <laughs> minds, but do you have any specific reason why? Because it's a it's a huge thing.
0: Yeah, yeah, it's it's exploding. Uh, for me, being murdered in a horrible way is probably the worst thing that can happen to you. It's one of one of the worst things, right? Right. So it is the total opposite of relaxation. So, when yeah. you're hearing about something horrible happening to someone, it accentuates your relaxation.
1: Right. I can understand so if why.
0: If you're sat on the couch, like with a cup of tea under a blanket, listening <laughs> to some like gruesome podcast, then it really magnifies that sense of <laughs> safety and, and warmth.
1: True. That's very true. That's that's actually an interesting thought. Yeah, I haven't seen. I haven't looked at it that way, other than tapping in the darker minds of the human minds. Um, going back to your podcast, was there any difficulties that you had when you first? You were saying that you had four podcasts, right? Yeah. Was there any difficulties yeah. that you find in any one of them, like s- something that stopped you from having your podcast to succeed?
0: Yeah, I think the the main problem was me. I was just like I, I thought I was far more interesting than I actually was, which is a bit of disappointing. But the first podcast I did was with my friend Chantal who we, we we were both stand-up comedians or trying to be stand-up comedians at the time and mm. I was terrible at that as well. I mean, we, re- we just got really drunk together and stood in the street and recorded a podcast but it I, I, it was so bad. Neither of us even listened to the recording <laughs> let alone it sort of getting put live.
1: Is it so hidden <laughs> and, somewhere?
0: It, it is. We yeah. have it. We, every time we see each other we're like... It's in, it's in our Gmail somewhere, and I think maybe in 20 years' time or something, it would be quite interesting. Uh, then the next podcast was one I did with a guy called Al Cole, who is the Chief Innovation Officer at the Engine Group in London, and we did a podcast called The Innovation Ramble, mm. which was all about us delving into the world of innovation uh, around certain topics, so whether that's travel or war or sleep or death or sex. We would all look, look into innovations in that subject right. um, because we were both very new to innovation roles and we wanted to try and make sense of it. So mm-hmm. we would have a discussion every week. And I was actually pretty, way more successful in terms of listeners uh current mm-hmm. podcast, yeah. But it was a lot of work. It was like uh, seven hours a week each. And that's like a day, really. And we had mm-hmm. jobs and relationships and families and stuff. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. keeping that up was too much of equipment for a podcast that didn't make any money, even though it was a good reputation builder. Yeah,
1: yeah. i um, speaking um, of spe- podcasts, because Singapore, the podcasting industry in Singapore is quite small. It's growing, steadily growing, and in Asia, it's huge. Like in South Korea as well, um, and Japan, the numbers, and China as well, the numbers for podcasting are going up. Like in the UK, I'm trying to understand what are the things that you think works to make the success of a podcast in the UK?
0: I think what makes a really successful podcast is a very clear, singular idea that you can understand straight away. So there's a mm. quite a big podcast here called Drunk Women Solving Crime.
1: Oh, that's interesting.
0: And I don't have to explain to you what that is, right? (laughs) Um where and then you've got uh famous people do podcasts like actors, uh uh, David Tennant, for example. David Tennant does a podcast, right? Well, okay, you kind of know exactly what that is. So having some form of celebrity seems to be the way in that famous people just start doing a podcast. Uh but these famous people tend to be quite interesting broadcasters anyway. Uh so it's getting harder and harder for the little guy mm. to have a mainstream hit. But saying that, my friend Bruce Daisley, who is the European MD of Twitter, mm. he does a podcast called Eat, Sleep, Work Repeats, which is a podcast about making work life better. And so he interviews all kinds of HR people, motivational speakers, leaders, and you know, all across the spectrum. And it's and he and he got a book deal off the back of it, and it's massively mainstream. It's it's a really big hit uh, because that once again was is a very clear concept. You know, a, a podcast about making work work life better, which didn't really exist. Yeah. So. Uh, if I was going to have my time again with the Shiny the Object podcast, I'd have. I think I would have come up with a better idea. Because mm. uh, it, it, it will, my podcast will never go mainstream. It's it's very niche, and it's not about scale. It's it's, it's targeted at a very small group of people. Yeah, but, but it's going be passionate. nice of a hit nonetheless.
1: Yeah, but you're passionate about it, and your content is quite good as well.
0: Um, yeah, but but I I like it. I love doing it, and people write to me all the time saying they enjoy it. So I, I I'm not dissuaded from carrying on. Yeah. It's, a, it's a it's a real highlight of my week. <laughs> Getting to meet interesting people and learn from them it's a, it's a real treat.
1: Yeah. Do you guys have any um festivals? Like I said, I I know that in the UK podcasting is huge, and as you have said as well. But is there any festivals or conventions um in the UK?
0: Yeah, you know I I really yeah. wouldn't. Describe podcasting as huge. I mean, it's mm. definitely changed. It's definitely growing. But yeah. I mean, I don't know what the latest figures are. But the the penetration of podcasts in the UK is is pretty low. It's mm. like it's it's certainly not mainstream yet. I mean, I, I was on the tube the other day and I yeah. saw a poster advertising a podcast, which is something oh, I've never really. seen before. So it's definitely changing, but it, you know, my my mum doesn't listen to podcasts. I'm probably probably the only person in my whole family that does. So it, I'm not, my family represents the entire UK, but it's, I think that, that, that says a lot on its own, right?
1: No, it's the same. I listen to, I, I think I'm the only person who listens to a podcast in my family as well. <laughs> um, is there any, okay, for those new podcasters who want to start a podcast, what would be your hacks or advice for them to blow up their podcast? Is it content? Is it duration, marketing or consistency? What do you think?
0: I, having never blown up a podcast, I I would, first thing I would do would ignore anything I say. <laughs> Uh, I would, if if I was going to do it again, what I would do is it's in Ferris technique where I would think up 10 or maybe 20 ideas for podcasts and be able to describe that podcast in 10 words. So uh, I know drunk women solving crime is forwards or uh, whatever, like, and then what I would do is I would buy ads on Google. I see a paper ads and I would put tiny bits of money behind all of them. Mm-hmm. And I would put those adverts in front of people who, who, who was searching for podcasts and I would cap cap the bid. So I couldn't spend more than like a hundred pounds or whatever. And then the, but each ad would be one of those descriptions with the title. Mm-hmm. And so the ad that got the most clicks. Would be a very strong indication of the the podcast that would be most successful,
1: God, that's so just, yeah yeah
0: so i would I would just like that if you've got an idea for a podcast, brilliant, but come up with ten more and test them somehow i mean you could you could even put it on Facebook, you could do a list and go here's here's my ten ideas for a podcast, which one do you think sounds the best, or put it on Twitter or email it to your email list or send it around the office but i would try somehow and a really broad range of people to feedback on what you think of your podcast ideas or completely ignore that and just do it because you love it but if you're doing doing something because you love it doesn't mean it's gonna be big
1: yeah that's really sound advice um so who I'm sure you've heard the podcast show, but who do you think um, or would you recommend to be on this show? Or who do you want to see on this show, on the podcast show?
0: Definitely. Craig Fenton would love to be on this podcast. Uh Trust me, I will happily introduce you. That's
1: really
0: good. He's a really lovely guy. Uh, A guy called Russell Goldsmith, who runs a business called Odair. Uh Communications, A U D E R E, and he is a like, ex-advertising guy. And now he's one of the few people I know who makes a living out of doing podcasts in the UK. So he he is the real deal. I am just a faker trying to make it work.
1: <laughs> no, but it's interesting. Craig Fenton and Russell Goldsmith, right?
0: Yes. How are we doing the GCN?
1: <laughs> that sounds good. It'd be interesting to have them on the show. So, um, Tom, where can the listeners find you and where can they um, listen to your podcast?
0: I think I'm everywhere, pretty much. Uh, if, if you are marketing people, then you should go to The Drum. Mm-hmm. i is subscribed. Uh, I'm subscribed uh so i partner with the drum in the uk so my podcast goes out with those guys every two weeks which is great Mm -hmm. but i'm on i use libsyn to syndicate the podcast so spotify soundcloud itunes stitcher should be everywhere i hope
1: all right that sounds good thank you so much for your time tom
0: no worries i hope that was interesting
1: yeah it is it is don't worry about it it's good good. (laughs) thank you so much for your time have a good one bye bye that was the podcast show powered by pitch media asia the podcast show is where we feature the journeys of the best and upcoming podcast hosts here in asia if you want to be a part of that journey tune in to soundcloud.com slash the podcast show asia or you can contact me on linkedin to be on the show my name is shida osman